Welcome to the Tay Two podcast. According to the UN, the global population reached eight billion people last November, and that number continues to grow. But that growth is shrinking with each passing year. Why is it that in a world with more prosperity, technology, and innovation than ever before, more people are choosing to have less children than ever before? Is it too expensive? Not enough time? Or not having kids help save the planet? Tony and I looked into the facts and tried to get to the bottom of this. And as we prepare and share our own journeys into family life, try to answer the question for ourselves: Should I have children? Tony, hello. Hey man, how's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. How are you? Not too bad. You know, we were just talking about before this, but、uh, work's been busy for both of us, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, just trying to just trying to survive layoffs on my end. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, well, ha- half kidding. But yeah, it's it's been、uh, busy here and there. I think people are trying to keep themselves occupied to distract themselves from the news. But yeah, what what about you? You just dealt with a little fire. Uh, this yeah, week, just took、right? down prod. You know. Yeah, no big, big deal. Yeah, just just another <laughs> just another Monday for for Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well,、uh, yeah, it's it's been a while since our last episode. I think last time we were talking about ChatGPT and AI.、Um, what was that? Like a month or two ago now. It's been a while. Yeah, since then a lot of、uh, new developments developments have happened for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do a future episode on all that stuff happening there、um, lately. But yeah, plenty of stuff has happened.、Um, Not just in the world, but but personally too. I mean, what have you been up to recently? Um, attended a wedding.、Um, nice, nice. Just playing lots of badminton per usual. Nice, yeah, that's awesome. Anything going on? You, you play, but <laughs> uh, like maybe once a week. Not super hardcore, but that's, that's you know, with with、yeah. with all that with all that fixing up of prod, I don't really have much time. So <laughs> yeah, maybe a little less this week. Um, all no, those, I was gonna、uh, say. I was just gonna say all those all those Git reverts, you know. Oh, dude, classic. <laughs> classic. Yeah, it still gives me nightmares sometimes when you have like a broken branch and it's like you just don't know how to fix it. Have you ever had that? Gotta, I was like, feeling a bit of that. Honestly, I was feeling a bit of that yesterday. I'm like, fuck! I just want this thing to be over with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Maybe ChatGPT can handle it for us in the future. What do you think? Yeah, I hope so. But what have you been up to? Yeah, yeah, I've been pretty busy. Last weekend, I attended a、um, engagement party, so a little bit of a precursor to to your weekend.、Um, yeah, it was really nice.、Um, one of my good friends in Seattle proposed to his girlfriend, who was in Houston. I think she's going to be moving up here.、It、was really sweet.、Um, beautiful ring, beautiful party. Yeah, and I couldn't help but notice, you know, at the party. We were having some conversations all around. I would say, like a lot of the people there who are coupled up are around that age, you know, of maybe starting to look at settling down, the idea of settling down. And I, I'm seeing this trend growing where 
I think people um, are considering the idea of not having any children more and more as, as a real possibility. Have you seen that at all personally or? Yeah, you know, I still remember um, this was a few years ago, three years ago, um, first year of med school, I was like talking to some of my friends, all of them were girls. And oh, basically, nice well, no, basically, <laughs> not none of them wanted to have children, right? Mm, and that came as a surprise right. to me. I would say, though, they were all like a few years younger than me. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know where they're at with that now, but um, definitely was a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, yeah. I remember, uh, I think over New Year's, we were at your place actually catching up with some high school friends and similar conversations. Um, and I would say pretty much all of the girls, maybe all of them, in fact, kind of expressed the opinion of not wanting to have kids, right? So mm. it definitely seems like um, a real thing going on here, not just anecdotally. So, you know, I think... Uh, super interesting. So we took a look at the numbers here, and I guess we have some interesting findings to to talk about. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Where would you like to begin? Yeah, I guess we can just jump into first of all. Do you want to have kids, Tony? <laughs> well, such a personal <laughs> question. Yes. Um, yes. I mean. Yeah. So we're actually thinking about having kids. Um, we're trying to conceive right now. Wow. Um, that's, that's yeah. Big. I mean, how did you, how did you decide, I guess, that you were ready, uh, that this was the time to, to start having kids? I think part of the reason for us, um, is basically like age, right? So my wife is turning 30 this year mm-hmm. and, you know, back when I was a medical student, I did, I did learn about um <clears throat> reproduction and like the risks of having children later on in fact we have this terminology when i was on obstetrics we had this terminology of advanced maternal age and that literally referred to anyone above the age of 30 right oh interesting yeah so um, we're getting there and in fact i've seen one case where on the patient's chart it said vama v-a-m-a and I had to ask the the staff, like, hey, what's this about? And she said it stands for very, very advanced maternal age. <laughs> oh my and goodness. this lady, this lady was 35. So oh God. we're yeah. getting to a stage where I think just biologically it's getting it's gonna be harder going forward. And so um we're both like have stable work, right? We have some savings. So I think it's like a, it's it's about time for us. Okay, let me pose this question in another way, right? If there wasn't a timeline to consider, if, you know, your wife was a a few years younger, or if there wasn't this concept of AMAs and women can have healthy children into their mid or late 30s, would you still want to have kids uh, right now? Would you be trying at this moment? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I think maybe not, actually. I think Mm -hmm. we might wait a little bit longer have a little bit more financial security. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just have more time to prepare, honestly. Right. And and what do you think is like a good enough checkpoint to say like, okay, I, I feel secure. I feel comfortable now to so start and support a family. I don't think there's one right answer. I think for me, ideally would be when we reach financial independence. Um, mm-hmm. 
that just makes everything a bit more stress-free. That would also allow us more time to, to spend with the kid, right? To help actually raise the For kid sure. properly. For sure. Um, but, you know, one thing I've heard about is that there is never a right time to have kids mm. just because there are so many variables to consider. Um, yeah. But given the choice, I would definitely lean towards more security. And, you know, when there's no downsides, right, in terms of like health, um, I think it, it does make sense. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. And I think that is one of the major reasons why we're seeing this trend of, of people having less kids, because it's harder and harder to achieve financial security, or at least feel like you've achieved it. Right. And we can get into that um, a bit later in the show. And I think there's quite a few reasons for that. Before that, I guess I want to share a little personal experience. Um, I, before I met my girlfriend, or when I met my girlfriend, um, I didn't really think too much about this issue at all. I think to me, it's always just been assumed that I would eventually have kids. You know, I never expected to really have a conversation about it with uh, my partner um, uh, ever. But yeah, this was actually a huge sticking point for us before we really you know, committed to each other, we, we kind of had to make sure we were on the same page about this specific issue. And I think um, I was a little caught off guard at first when she told me that, you know, I don't really want to have kids or um, I'm okay not having kids or like prefer not having kids. And I had to, I guess, think about it at first. Like, wow, I, I just, I, I didn't think that was a thing, you know, but um, the more I thought about it, the more people I talked to, I realized like, maybe this is a very, not just a valid thought, but a very common thought amongst, um, you know, our friends and just people our age in general. And yeah, I, I mean, the more I thought about it, but the more I realized there, there is a lot of shitty things that a girl has to go through when they have children. They put their bodies on the line. They put their careers on the line. I mean, honestly, they put their mental health on the line a, a lot of times, right? When you hear about the recovery struggles and the pain afterwards, um, it's it's pretty scary. And so I, I can totally empathize with all the women in our lives who have expressed this idea of not having children. Um, but yeah, it did take us a while to reach a consensus. Um, TLDR, um, we will hopefully be having kids <laughs> in the future. But <laughs> like you said, like we want more financial stability and you know to, to make sure we have good footing before we start something that serious. So... Yeah, there you right. go. And how old is your partner again? She's a year younger than me. So I'm I'm 30 this year. Um sorry, I'm I was 30 last year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I fooled myself for a second. I actually believed that. And then I was like, oh no, no, it's uh it's already it's already a new year. Um she's turning 30 this year, so yeah, okay. So yeah. so we're all the same age. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you're yeah, similar spot, really. Yes, yes, exactly. I, I'm probably like, if anything maybe a year or less behind your timeline, realistically speaking, right? But who knows? Right. Like you said, there's a lot of variables out there. Um, like layoffs, you know, you don't want to be bringing a kid into a recession and, and jobless, you know what I mean? I mean, plenty <laughs> of kids were born in past recessions, but yeah, I get your maybe, point, I get your point. And, and you know, as we'll discover, maybe it's good for, uh, maybe it's good for kids when, when your economy is doing bad, <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah, let's let's just jump into it because like I said, when when I was having these conversations with my girlfriend, I was looking into, you know, some reasons why she wouldn't want to have kids. But also I had to ask myself the question, you know, why did I want to have kids? Right. And I realized like no reason I came up with was really um a practical reason. 
as in, I couldn't think of any like really um, tangible benefit in my life. Like, obviously, it's a financial hit, right? Obviously, it's a hit to your freedom, um, to your to your time, and to to your you know um, amount of rest and, and energy levels, and just kind of what you want to do in general, right? Um, all the reasons I could come up with was that you know it's it's fulfilling, it's rewarding, um, it's a way of giving back to my parents, frankly, who sacrificed a lot for me, you know, and I can't really pay them back in the same way. Um, these are very cerebral reasons, right? Like you can't really, you can't really say like, oh, I agree. Like I will get the same effect out of having kids as you like this versus let's say like, you know, if you uh, purchase a stock and it goes up a hundred dollars, you, you make that much money. It's tangible, right? It's, it's real. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to justify having kids in, in that way. And, and maybe, maybe that's why it's become such a hard equation for people now. Like maybe the, maybe those cerebral benefits are no longer as rewarding as they once were, or maybe they no longer outweigh the re the real problems that comes with, with having kids. I don't know. What do you think? Right. And that's why this week we decided to kind of take a deeper dive into this, you know, problem of, or maybe not even problem, but this topic of low birth rates, right? Mm -hmm. um, that we see in a lot of developed countries. And when we try to look into it, right, I think one thing we found was how income and education level really correlates negatively with, or sorry, right. yeah, it correlates negatively with um, birth rate. So as income and education levels go up in a country, the birth rate tends to come down. Um, and we both definitely live in developed countries where that's happening. So I think the latest figures, um, I don't have the Canadian one right in front of me, but in the U.S., the latest fertility rate was like 1.784. Mm -hmm. And for context, right, you need 2.1 for replacement. The 0.1 with the two to replace the two people um, that are having the kid, but the 0.1 to help um, sustain the population because of like infant mortality or just mortality in general um, of children before they are able to reproduce themselves. Right, right. And and for context, this number has been um, somewhat decreasing, right, uh, since the early, I would say like 1950s, 1960s especially. It's kind of leveled off since the 20, around like 20, it's actually started increasing back around since 2014, 2015. But we, we've seen a decline basically from 2008 when it was about two, roughly 2.05 children per, per, per woman, um, birth per woman. And now we're at, you know, 1.7 something. So population decline, it is already happening. It's not just an anecdote that we're seeing from our friends. People right now in the modern world where we live are choosing to have less children, right? And, and you, you, you know, mentioned it's being correlated with income and education level. And let's let's figure out why that is, right? Why is it that when people become wealthier and and smarter, they choose to have less kids? Because wasn't the idea we established earlier that it's it's a huge financial burden, and one of the major blockers is you know you feel like you don't have enough financial security. So how come when people are earning more money, they they're still not having kids? They're having less kids. Right, that's a super interesting question. So I think like one thing. Um... I found during my reading was like this idea of opportunity cost, right? So for someone who has a higher education, for someone who is earning higher income, um, for them to take 
the years off, right, to take care of a kid, right, or even just maternity leave, um, it can really affect how much money they make. And to them, that calculation may just not be worth it, right? Like if I can make $100,000 more, let's say, right, during that time, right, versus having this kid, some people might choose that instead. Um, I think another concept is probably access to well, I'm not exactly sure how much this factors into the higher education and income level, but access to contraception is definitely uh, a factor at play here too, right? Because in very undeveloped countries, right, the access to contraception is pretty low, um, whereas in higher income, higher, more highly educated countries, um, their access to contraception is also higher. And I think there's one idea here, which is that like, we may not know 100% why each person chooses to have kids or not, right? But contraception gives them the tool to go in whichever direction that they want. Mm-hmm. Or at least it allows them to choose not to have kids. Right. I think that's a great point because I guess maybe even if you had the sentiment of not wanting to have kids back in the day, chances are you were just going to get pregnant eventually, you know? And um, now, now we have the option of not having kids and maybe combined with factors that incentivize not having kids even more, we're finally seeing it having real effect on the human population, the global human population. Um, yeah, one other thing I want to touch on, I mean, education levels rising correlates with women getting higher earning jobs or you know becoming more career oriented. That naturally means that they have less time to spend at home, right? So if a dual income family wants to start a family, or if a dual-income couple wants to start a family, they're going to have to consider uh, childcare services from a very young age right, if they're working both full-time. Uh, these services are absolutely not cheap, in especially in higher-income cities, right? Because because precisely of the demand for, for these services and, and the fact that, frankly, there's no other options. Um, so as a result, I think even if you're earning more, the essentially the the cost of raising a kid also also grows when, once you're earning more money, right? Um, Chances are, if you're living in a higher income city, it's also harder to f- get a reasonably sized home uh, or at least purchase a reasonably sized home. And some people may not be comfortable with the idea of bringing children into um, you know, a rented space or just the idea of not owning a home when they start a family, right? That's kind of been a part of the whole picture as a whole. So um, that might explain some of the, the gap there. Yeah, and beyond finances, right? Like just talking to our friends. So lately I was on a trip with some of my friends and why I asked some of them whether or not they want to have kids. One one thing kind of surprised me, which was someone said that I don't have I don't I don't want to have kids because of climate change. Right. That was one I hadn't really heard about before. And I think maybe wasn't something that we really considered maybe like five years ago when we were the same age as them in their shoes. For sure, for sure. Um, Have you heard about that? Yeah, actually, funny enough, th- this is something that I heard about um, maybe a couple years back when one of my friends, for the first time, one of my friends expressed the idea that they didn't want to bring children to the world. And um, I think that's when I kind of thought like, oh, yeah, there is there is this kind of shift in the mindset of, of a younger generation that is more environmentally conscious. At least that's, that's what it seemed at the time, right? Where I think people felt like, the world was getting too crowded, um, you know, and people generally saw this correlation between population increase and climate change. I think it's a pretty 
it's a pretty easy narrative to to agree with, right? Like more people, more consumption, uh, more waste produced, okay. so more climate change. And so, yeah, I think some people have this idea that it's irresponsible to bring children into the world um, to essentially expedite uh, it dying and and putting that burden onto our children. Do you agree with this idea at all? I mean, first of all, like there's that. And then I think there's also another flavor to this, which is uh, when people say, I don't want to bring kids into a world that's already on fire. Like not yes, only yes. that it will contribute to it, but that they think their quality of life right, of their children will be pretty bad, right? If they think the world is, you know, going to blow up. Yeah, um, actually, you're, you're totally right. Um, I think more than just climate change specifically, it's this idea that our world is going to shit or, or has been going to shit recently. And um, I feel like certain things contribute to that asymmetrically, like like social media, just media in general, you know, um, clickbait headlines. I feel like we've kind of like created an online culture of, of outrage and shock and, um, frankly, misinformation. Um uh, where we kind of over-index on negative news or controversial news or things that's designed to get you think like, this is crazy. Like this, you know, um, it, it almost feels like it's it's made to kind of sow distrust into the system and into other people. It's kind of creating like a us versus them mentality at times. Regardless, I think if you take a step back and, and you just look at it as a whole, people are more on edge. Um, and it's been trending that way in the last few years, I would say, for a while now. And so I think people who... Oh, we lost Tony. All right, there we go. We had some brief technical issues. Tony uh, was forced out of his internet connection. Actually, Tony, can you just tell me what... Uh, tell the audience what you just told me real quick. That was a pretty funny story of why you dropped from the call. Yeah, so I have this app installed um, called Freedom. And it basically like controls like your internet access and stuff like that just to just to make sure you're not on the computer all day so i have isn't, it isn't that a bit of an like, ironic name freedom but it actually like locks you out of things i mean it gives you freedom in other other aspects of your life jack okay. that's fair that's fair. <laughs> but yeah the, the other part of the funny story i think jack's alluding to was that i had this trigger yesterday on me while trying to fix prod after i blew it up um <laughs> and so i had to do all of my coding in like just a normal text editor and like trying to <laughs> just fix this huge problem using that. That's actually legendary. I feel like you should you should bring that fact up in in like the sev review or, or whatever, post-incident review. Like, hey, by the way, I fucking did this without a without an actual ID. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, or the alternative would be that they would think, hey, he's not hardworking enough. He's like blocking off work stuff. <laughs> yeah, it should be right, working the, 24-7. The real takeaway here is that you have a program that locks you out of doing work after 5 p.m. and you can't even circumvent it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for your on-call? It's like, oh, shit, no, I'm, it's after 5. Can you, can you take a look at it? <laughs> well, we don't have on-call anymore, so. Oh, yes, that's that's amazing. That's yeah that's the play yeah i mean i did yeah anyways it, that was um that that's the reason why there was a lock mode where you actually can't circumvent it at all that's what happened to me yesterday and that's why i turned it off for today which is the only reason we're, we're able to continue recording this <laughs> yeah which i'm super glad for because uh, i would have had to carry the show somehow by myself afterwards that would have not been very enjoyable so 
Yeah, then you would realize how how important I am. Yeah, I I already did in in those brief moments that you were gone. I was like, oh God, what do I say? I better better stop it right now. (laughs) Um, Well, anyways, right before we cut off, I believe we were talking about uh, climate change and more importantly, how people feel like the world is going to shit or is in a worse state or will be going to a worse state in the future than, than it was, right? Like, how do you feel? Do you think that's, there's some validity to those statements, to those feelings? I think that sentiment's definitely there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we talked about like the financial challenges. We've talked about the, this idea of like um, climate change, maybe an environmental challenge, right? Um, you can also even think about this um, biological challenge, right? Like for people who are trying to have kids later in life as well. Um, I think that general sentiment is there. And in a later episode, I actually want to talk about wealth inequality. I think that would be a huge right. one uh, to explain some of the financial aspects of this. Um, but yeah, yeah, just in summary, I totally agree with that sentiment. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, um, I think it's generally acknowledged that you know, humanity as a whole has, has advanced steadily, maybe exponentially, even with the help of technology. And, you know, if you read some books, like, for example, Steve Pinker uh, writes about, you know, how, how far we've come, essentially, as a species, and how, you know, every single generation has led to some incredible advancements in medicine, technology. Um, if people are saying that we're going to live longer than ever now, right, we're going to, uh, lifespan is going to maybe hit triple digits uh, and be a regular thing. So, so given all these improvements in, in life objectively um, or uh, as a species, why do you think the sentiment of, you know, dissatisfaction of a decrease in quality of life is growing and is in fact even valid? And do you think it strictly has to do with wealth inequality or do you think there's a bit more to it? Yeah, I think on a psychological level, when we think about, whether we're doing well or not, it is not judged on absolute level. It's usually judged on on a relative level, right? So recently I was listening to an interview with um, the scientist called Robert Sapolsky, and he's like this big stress researcher. And one thing he pointed out was that, you know, for a person living in poverty in a poor country, his stress level could be lower than someone who's like middle class here, right? Mm -hmm. In the developed world. And that's purely because the perception of abundance or the perception of scarcity is everything to the mind, right? Not necessarily, we don't really have a good evolved way of like saying, I have a million dollars, right? Like that's something that's pretty man-made and invented, right? Um, What we can do is a subjective feeling of like, am I doing well or not? And I think a lot of that is relative, which makes sense, right? Because in a world that is abundant, right? You should still evolve to try to, get the most of that abundance, right? You don't want to just be like, well, I'm abundant, therefore I'm good, and then kind of get out-competed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my thinking on that. <clears throat> so going back to this, like, low birth rate topic and, like, about um, why people are having less kids, I think we've kind of explored some ideas about why people don't want to have kids, right? We talked about, like... Um, financial issues we've talked about you know climate change um we've also talked about the tools to get to that right which is contraception i think the other side right which you've brought up which is you know there's these obstacles towards having kids 
well, where's the drive to having kids, right? There, there needs to be an mm-hmm. equation, right? For this to be like, hey, there's a net decrease in birth rate, right? Or low birth rate, that must mean that the obstacles are greater than the drive, right? So you've kind of pointed out a little bit about how you thought about this, right? And there just doesn't seem to be that much in it for you um, to have kids. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing I, I was thinking about, which is that where does that drive come from? So evolutionally speaking, right? Like the drive to have kids must be one of the most important drives because all evolution really cares about is reproduction at the end of the day, right? It's not even survival of the fittest. It's like reproduction of the fittest, right? If you learn evolutionary biology. And so that must have a very strong role. But I think what's happened is that we've evolved to you know, want to have sex, not necessarily this, like, like you said, a cerebral idea of how I want to have kids and like paying by parents, you know, like even like, um, making my country stronger or whatever, right? All those <laughs> things are probably too, too secondary. And the mm-hmm. primary thing is this drive for sex. And then now we've kind of circum, we've divorced sex from having kids through, you know, the possibility of contraception. I think to my mind, that's like a, general model that kind of works here right you have the obstacles towards having kids the drive is like kind of divorced from actually having kids and then you have the tool that allows you to not have kids and still have sex yeah i think i think that's a great point that you brought up and it's not a take i hear super often because people oftentimes focus on the 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 factors that we discussed but maybe it is as simple as people have more access to contraception and maybe the great big secret was that people didn't really feel that compelled to have to have kids to start a family, but it was kind of a byproduct of wanting to mate, wanting to have sex, and um, as a result, you ended up with kids. But I mean, even with that factor taking into account, the average age of women who have their baby for the first time, I think in the 1970s, was around 24. Uh, and now, now it's getting later and later. You mentioned that you and your partner are trying when it's when she's thirty. Like, was there maybe some societal, not pressure, but mindset almost of you know starting a family at a certain age? Was there like a kind of a path, a template, if if you will, that people followed? And now people are finding that there's other options, especially women, as in maybe they can advance their career in some way. Uh, maybe they don't have to just be a housewife, but there's you know more than one way to feel fulfilled um, as a person for them, as an adult. Yeah, that could definitely be a point. I I personally didn't um, read much about that, um, but I think that's a valid point of view. I think in general, there's been sort of this move towards less, how would you say it? maybe just less adherence to cultural norms, right? Or the loosening of cultural norms over Mm -hmm. the years. Um, And so maybe people do feel that they have more choice in the matter, right? Um, Whereas before they didn't. And I I bet you that if you looked at um, age of having kids for those who are maybe part of religious community or part of some more traditional community, right? Versus the secular society, that they're age of having their first children is probably lower. Um, so I think right. just as a guess, I think you're probably correct. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, just even anecdotally speaking, 
um, some of my Christian friends definitely got married, settled down, and had children at an earlier age than my non-religious friends. So I think there's something there where the concept of maybe family values of these traditionalist mindsets did carry a lot of weight for people who wanted to start families. I noticed even back in China, um, where my families came from more rural areas, where I think you know, it, it's still a very tight-knit, nuclear family-style situation where you, you take care of your elders and it's um, a big big family gatherings every night, so to speak. Uh, my cousin actually just, just had a kid um, end of last year, a couple months ago. And he's, what, 20, 26, 20, maybe. Yeah, so I think um, in the cultures where maybe that traditional mindset and values are still holding strong, we we're still seeing people have kids at an earlier age, but maybe with the, you know, rise of the, um, the internet where people maybe feel like they have more outlets to express themselves or, or just maybe they just see a glimpse of what they could, could do outside of just starting a family, right? People are posting themselves traveling. They're having more fun than ever. They're going to more events than ever. You, you can't do all that when you're stuck at home, um, taking care of a baby, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I think you're onto something there because, like, I am the oldest of my cousins on my mom's side, and you know the rest of them are all in China. And mm-hmm. my cousin, who's a year younger than me, had his child I think two years ago. Right. Um, so three years, at least three years younger than when I would have my first kid, right? Right. Um, and I think there is somewhat of this idea also that I think we can get to through this which is that there's probably some societies where the government, right, or the state has more control or at least more influence over how people do things. So we've talked about, you know, maybe why people aren't having kids. One thing we can talk about is like the impact this will have, right? And one of those impacts is that if you have an aging population and a smaller working workforce, you're going to experience economic decline, right? Which all countries probably want to avoid. Right. Um, and China is definitely going to have this issue because their birth rate is pretty low. Um, and we've seen what that can do to countries like Japan, right? Which has a really old population. And so China is probably on their way to try to correct this, right? As fast as they can. Mm-hmm. Um I've seen things uh, pop up. I think it was in Japan, how did how did China how did China get to this point, Tony? How did how did China go from the most um, populous uh, country nation in the world to facing a population or demographic crisis? Yeah, I mean, I think there are probably multiple factors involved. I know everyone points towards the one-child policy, um, but I've actually read something where it kind of documents that China had actually began having a population decline even or a birth rate decline even before the one child policy was enacted there was like mm. a first dip and then the the one child policy was enacted so it might have been inevitable kind of like what we talked about right as income goes up as people come out of poverty uh as like infant mortality rates go down birth rates tend to go down mm-hmm. so that could be part of it. You know, the one child policy could definitely be a part of it because that definitely puts an upper ceiling on your on your fertility rate, right? Um, but no matter the reason, the reality is kind of here and um, they're going to have to deal with it. 
Right. And and you mentioned earlier, Japan has been dealing with this problem uh, for quite a while now. And how, like, we can kind of examine, you know, what happened to them and how they dealt with it. So do you want to touch a bit on that? Like, how is Japan dealing with this, this issue that they've been having for so long? Yeah, so Japan is definitely a little bit different from other countries. In fact, they might be a good template for China. And what I mean by this is that, you know how we brought up earlier today that the fertility rate in the U.S. is like 1.7, right? That's mm-hmm. below the replacement level, right? right. But the, the American population is still increasing. Why is that, right? That's because of immigration. Right. And a lot of Western countries are pretty good with immigration, right? Like Canada also. Like mm-hmm. we're pretty multicultural. However, if you look at Japan, they do not have like a huge number of foreigners, right? And in fact... If you look at China, it's probably even worse. Yeah. And so I would say that's not necessarily how they dealt with it, but that was one tool that they were missing. And that's probably like a big issue for them, right? Because all these other countries can be below replacement level and yet still sustain themselves. But Japan hasn't really been able to. Um, but what we've seen with Japan, you know, is really like a lot of push towards automation, right? Like Japan is a really high tech society. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe that's a template that the rest of the world can follow. I mean, I think if you look at China, what uh, the Chinese government the Chinese government has been trying to do also is to get really good at high tech, right? They've probably realized, hey, like our past, you know, like 50 years of success, right? Probably not even 50, like 40 years of success is kind of really built upon this like population boom we had where we were <laughs> able to like decrease uh, decrease wages, right? Yeah. Basically decrease production costs. The cost of get, labor, yeah. Right, cost of labor, all the production get to us, right? And that's how we're able to grow our economy. Going forward, that's no longer an option. In fact, right. if, you look at, if you look at their population pyramid, it's kind of like what Japan's population pyramid was in the past, right? If you look at it <clears throat> and you just move the Chinese one like vertically up, right? You kind of match it with the Japanese one. Right, right. And and so they're probably looking at that and saying, hey, we need to really get high tech and we need to like basically increase the, the productivity of each worker if we're not mm-hmm. going to have any workers. Yeah. And you, you alluded to this, but let's just quickly break it down for what, what it means practically uh, when, when China and Japan have these kind of inverted population pyramids where the majority of the people are on the older end, right? And we have less young people than old people. So what happens is eventually the older people move from the end, tail end of their productive um, periods of their life into retirement. And once that happens, um, they need younger people to support them um, financially and physically, right? That's, that's where social security comes in, pensions come in, and retirement homes, et cetera, comes in. And China is having a huge crisis where obviously there's way more older people than younger people. And so one, the moment that these people start retiring, there's going to be a huge drop off in productivity, meaning their economy is going to almost plummet uh, in, in that regard. Uh, their their output is just going to be a lot lower, just mathematically speaking. And, and two, these people need to be taken care of in some way, right? And just physically speaking, there's probably not enough infrastructure to support the number of uh, growing elderly that China's facing. Uh, and so I think you're right. Uh, automation is going to be uh, probably a key to solving this crisis for them. Um, immigration, like you said, it has never been um, the policy of the Asian countries. 
So they have to make up for that drop off in in some other way. And you know what? I'm seeing what ChatGPT can do. Maybe it's maybe it's totally doable. You know, <laughs> maybe we don't need that many people. <laughs> yeah, but in the meantime, I mean, have you seen the recent news where France has、uh, tried to increase the retirement age by two years? That's right. Yeah, and people started right. <laughs> rioting. <laughs>、um, right. Yeah, and so do you think is that a prediction? Like, are you implying that's what would happen in population decline? Like, we would have to force the retirement age to go up to compensate for, you know, we have to support these older people. We don't have the resources, so you might as well work longer, kind of thing. Or, I mean, I don't know that we have to do anything, but、um, something needs to be done, right? There, there is going to be a problem.、Mm-hmm. Um, just personally speaking, from like. My experience in the healthcare system,、um, that's not going to survive this at its current state, right? The current healthcare system, at least in Canada, is not going to do well. I suspect in the U.S. too, is not going to do well when we have this aging population and less government budget, right? Just from lower lower taxes,、mm-hmm. um, lower tax income from less people working, right? Like a smaller economy.、Mm-hmm. Um, so. Something needs to be done. I'm not sure about this retirement age thing.、Um, like that's that's a matter of policy, right? Policy choice. Yeah.、Um, I don't know what the best policy choice is, but、mm-hmm. something would need to be done. Right. Okay. So I think we've established, you know, population decline not great for a country's economy and a slew of other problems that they have to deal with when it comes to taking care of the elderly.、Um, What about the other issue, right? If th- the premise is, you know, less people in the world will help, hopefully help the climate recover, and we can maybe fix or solve climate change,、um, is this at least a-, a benefit of not having kids or of having less children? Can we actually fix climate change if you know we all stop having kids? Well, Jack, I want to let you answer that one. What do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I kind of yeah, I kind of set that up as a as a gotcha.、Um, But yeah, I guess to me the premise has always been a little, little flawed because if the notion is that we have a finite amount of resources on the planet and we're extracting them at a faster rate than it's being reproduced,、um, then having less children doesn't seem like it's going to fix the issue because there's still some number of people on the world in the world that's continuing to extract these resources. It seems to me like if anything, you're just delaying the inevitable. You're just shifting the timeline back, right? Of of the the so-called death of the planet, if we are to believe that there's a finite amount of、um, harvesting we can do.、Um, so I guess yeah, that's never fully made sense to me. And then looking, look, just looking at some of the numbers. Yes, so climate change issues, carbon emissions have risen、um, along with、uh, increase in population over time. But they've also risen with the rise in income levels, particularly in first world nations. So, for example, the U.S. on a per capita basis produces, I think, almost twice as many emissions as as China does. And a lot of that reason is because you know when you have more money, you just end up consuming more. And when you consume, you you produce waste. That's as simple as that. You know, you you fly on more planes, you you eat more steak, you you drive fancier cars that are not as fuel efficient, and things add up. Over time,、um, right? So I, I would say, like, first of all, the premise that decreasing the amount of people on the planet will lead to a linear correlation in drop off in carbon emissions is probably not 
true. Um, if anything, we need to examine the rate of consumption uh, when it comes to the the more rich, the the more the wealthier, and and figure out how to maybe balance that a little better. Right. Second of all, I think we spent so long earlier just now talking about the economic implications of population decline. Well, climate change is not a cheap problem, right? If it was, I think we would have solved it by now. I think we would have just called it a day and moved on, right? I think the issue is people have been warning about climate change for for decades, right? For literally decades and maybe over 100 years ago, I think was the first time a scientist warned about um, like running out of natural resources. Um, The issue is, I think, humanity as a whole, we're huge procrastinators, right? Uh, Until we see the problem literally at death door, we're just going to kick the can down the road uh, until it's convenient or financially uh, viable for us to tackle it, right? And so I I would say, like, for a large period of our lifetime, um, people at the end of the day truly believed that while climate change was a real issue, it wasn't an issue they had to deal with uh, in their lifetime, in their era, uh, and I think now, even though the the the, um, the idea that our planet is dying and in danger is probably greater than ever, it's ha- it has more reach than ever. The younger generation cares a lot; is very socially conscious and environmentally conscious. Um, I think you know if if it wasn't going to kill us within our lifetime, we're just not going to deal with it. That's that's how I that's how I truly feel. Um, and so I, I do think that even with a decrease in population, we're not going to tackle the problem unless, until, you know, we realize like, Hey, if we don't do anything, we're, we're actually gonna, you know, we're going to reach a point of no return. And I do believe that we've already seen that shift. I do, I do think that, you know, ESG is a very real thing, right? Where, uh, companies and VCs spend a, allocate a significant amount of the capital towards environmental and social, and I forget what the G stands for, but it's essentially for you know tackling these kind of issues. And w- I think we we're seeing capital investments being made to tackle climate issues, but again, these things are expensive. They're they're complicated and and they take time to develop. Right? It's hard to make capital investments in a shrinking economy. Right. We're seeing what happens right now with startups having issue with funding. SVB collapsed just last week, right? Um, it's just easier for innovation to thrive in in a growing, in a healthy economy, right? In a thriving economy. Uh, it's also easier to sh- see shit thrive, by the way. But regardless, like everything comes, you know, the good and the bad, basically. So I would say that our best hope of tackling climate change, in, in my opinion, is truly to... Um, you know, not introduce these complicated externalities like population decline and demographic crises into the equation. Right? We should focus on getting the economy in a healthy, stable uh, point and, and kind of let, you know, innovation and, and capitalism in this case, and, and maybe some uh, in conjunction with the government uh, do its job. You know, I think we are looking at the climate problem now. Like there are companies that are being investing in, you know, taking out carbon from the air, converting it to um, other types of resources. And so I think it's a problem that will be solved, but it's not going to be solved by having less kids. That's, yeah. Yeah, I think as a matter of like predicting what the effect of having less kids will be on the climate, like you said, there's kind of like two directions that could go, right? On the one end, less consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other end, there's the possibility of less 
innovation, right? Just less people to do the innovation. And right, right. A shrinking, a shrinking economy for sure, right, will cause um, less innovation. So there's probably like two ways this can go. I, I don't really have an opinion on like which way we'll go. So I'll just go <laughs> with your opinion. Uh, I, th- I think though that um, the idea of like, hey, um, we're not going to do anything until it's the last minute kind of thing. Um, I was actually reading a little bit into climate change a bit earlier mm-hmm. and I, I kind of got a, like a brief history of it basically. And it seemed like we were actually on our way towards addressing this problem. I think back in like the, the seventies, mm. um, it was already becoming like a pretty widely held view, right? Like government right. officials were listening. Um, I think that that was then, the origin origination of hippies right like was that the like they were kind of known as these um like nature loving you know like uh very spiritual and took a lot of psychedelics or or whatever like there was always an association with being climate positive um even back then i think with, with this kind of crowd yeah i'm not sure if this was like associated with the hippies but basically what it came down to was just like heavy lobbying and kind of disinformation um, that eventually destroy the process. But I think climate change could be something that we do a later episode on, something mm-hmm. to dive deeper into. I think it's, I think it's a good topic. Um, but as it relates to um, like low, low birth rate and like population decline, I think it's, like you said, I guess what I'm trying to say is that this, the simple narrative of like less people um, equals less climate change may not necessarily be true. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, about as uncomfort- uncontroversial statement as you can make on the topic. You know, it's we we just don't know. <laughs> we just don't know, right? Yeah, predicting the future is a pretty tough thing to do. Um, mm. Maybe there are some people who have good modeling on this. I mean, one thing I will say though is that the people that we're looking at, right, who are choosing not to have kids, right, the people that we are associated with, right, mm-hmm. these are the people who do consume a lot. Right. It's not so much that it's not so much right like that. These are the people in these poor countries having kids and like they barely consume anything. Like we're talking about people in rich countries who are like in the upper middle class or middle class. Right. Who do pretty well and they're choosing not to have kids and their influence in terms of consumption. Right. Could matter. Um, Although you can also say maybe they shift that consumption to themselves. Right. That's also very possible. So it's kind of. You raised a really good point there. Yeah, maybe that is, you know, it where like once you're used to consuming at a certain level, you don't necessarily want to make the sacrifice of giving that up. Whereas maybe if you've never been used to consuming at that higher level, you're you're okay. You don't even know what you're missing out on. Right? Uh, you may see having kids as some kind of benefit in terms of what you get. Like you may be thinking that you're getting resources in terms of just bodies to help you help you do raw labor around the house. Whereas, you know, people like our friends and us, we're thinking of, oh, you get to take less vacations in the year or you get to play badminton a little less, you know, it's um, maybe we just, we're just living different lives maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of like these type of people, right. I, I think you're the one who brought this to brought this up to me, like this concept of, was it like a thing quad? <laughs> yes yes you want to explain, explain that, that? sure okay, no you yeah. explain it <laughs> okay okay yeah i mean <laughs> i mean i did I, I heard this from a podcast who 
heard it from TikTok. I think it's a growing trend there now. But Dinkwa stands for a dual income, no kids with a dog. So I guess dink is also, you know, a valid term. But um, the idea, the concept is, you know, two high earning uh, uh, people in a relationship choosing not to have kids and maybe fulfilling that void with a pet of some kind, right, to um, as, as a replacement. It seems like a pretty attractive compromise. What do you think? I mean, in this case, I mean, if, if just going back to the climate thing, in this case, wouldn't the dog just replace the consumption of the baby? Or, yeah, I, I or... think it would, right? But I think the idea for people is that at the end of the day, they still consider dogs to be less of a commitment than kids. I think at the end of the day, kids are the ultimate commitment, right? It is, it is a huge sacrifice and a choice you're making to completely change your lifestyle essentially i have some co-workers who are a bit older i think they are um maybe like early 40s late 30s around there it's hard to say um but one of them has two kids the other one has three and the one with three kids has told me that he hasn't gone out to a restaurant since having i think his second child his second child is five years old so wow that's that's like a huge shift in um you know in just lifestyle i would say uh, obviously and he mentions you know it's like it's hard to plan a trip because when you have three kids that's like almost triple the cost uh, of of what it would originally be you know to to do a vacation the headcount each head matters you have a lot more mouths to feed it's probably just tiring and stressful to even think about getting them all on a plane safely and stuff like you know it's it's just a huge lifestyle sacrifice at the end of the day for people like us yeah i think this is kind of where I like to end on, which is this idea about like to have kids or not and, and like the yeah. positive benefits of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like really so far, like, I don't know if you realize this, we point out so many reasons not to have kids, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And like going back, going back to kind of the equation I was talking about, right? Like where is the desire to have kids, right? Like, is there yeah. even any point to having kids? Tony, right? is it as like, simple as that we're just horny? Is it really just that? That is that the only thing that kept society going <laughs> until condoms became too effective? Is that what's happened? Like, what's going on here? I mean, some people probably do have, or they might have this paternalistic or maternalistic sense. Um, I don't know how much of that's biologically driven, how much of that is like culturally driven. Yeah. yeah. But it just doesn't seem that strong, right? If, if like <laughs> fertility rates are below replacement level in all these developed countries where people have a choice, right? It really seems like that that drive isn't that strong. Um, you know, one thing when kind of researching for this episode, I was looking into, right, was like, are people happier if they have kids or are people sadder, right? Like one mm-hmm. common thing we always hear is oh, you know, like um, the days are stressful, but at the end of it, it feels worth it, right? I feel a level of fulfillment. Um, What I've seen is that it seems like the literature is somewhat consistently pointing towards that having kids, it takes a hit on your happiness level. (laughs) Dude, that's the one thing that that we we were going to have going for the, for the child havers. And and you just, you just sat on them, man. That, that was the only point we could have made in their favor. (laughs) Uh, Although on the other hand, I did find this one paper that argued that um, in countries with good social programs to support having kids, 
you break even. <laughs> break even. I, I love I love that. That's that's the best we can hope for in life, man. Breaking even. I mean, yeah, I think that's that's a fair point. At the end of the day, you know, you can't really blame the people choosing not to have kids. It's like, yeah, like if you think about it, you know, it is a raw deal, especially for the women, right? They're giving up a lot in terms of their body and their career. And even men, like they also have to make a sacrifice sometimes in their career, but um, otherwise in lifestyle and um, overall consumption level, right? And so let, let me let me just ask you, let's circle back to the question I asked you in the very beginning, Tony, when you know you said that mm-hmm. you and your wife are trying. So mm-hmm. what, what is the benefit for you? You know, let's not talk about timelines or anything like, oh, we have to have a kid now before it's too late. Like, what is the practical benefit? Why do you guys want to have kids? You know, obviously, you've thought about everything we talked about today. Who's who said that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fair. OK, oops. Uh- <laughs> well, OK, so on my end, I think. One thing I like about having kids um, is. Kind of the the idea of like um raising someone and like mentoring them i guess um so for me right like um i moved around a lot as a kid right like first from china to the uk then from the uk to canada um i think between the ages of nine and 12 i had like gone through like five schools um and because we were immigrants we were not that well off like my parents were away most of that time and so for me a big like a big part of it is like thinking back on my experience and feeling like through that experience through like maybe not having so much parental guidance i i learned the value of having parental guidance and i like to provide that to someone i guess for me that's a big part of it um another part of it like you mentioned before is just that it's kind of like the default thing to do right mm. it's kind of the expected thing to do um, to really make a decision against the default thing to do takes effort, right? Like you kind of want to be pretty sure about not having kids as opposed to having mm. kids, I feel like, right? Just on like a symmetry of payoff kind of um, I see what you mean. Yeah. idea. Because right? the expected norm is to have kids. And so you need to consciously make have a that, good reason not to do yeah, it, right? Consciously think yeah. about it and make a decision to, to kind of reject that, that norm, right? Yeah, so... F- so for me, I think on a personal level, my gain is um, in that, like providing guidance and like raising someone, like really putting a lot of what I learned over the years into practice, right? Mm-hmm. Through my studies of psychology and through um, my own personal experiences and just feeling like I might be able to do a good job of that. I think personally for me, that's a lot. Um, I know my wife wants to have kids, right? That's a good reason to also have kids. Um, my parents want to have good want to have kids, right? Those are all good reasons. On the negative side, you're like you're right, right? There are these financial costs, definitely. Um, I guess I've just thought, to be brutally honest, right? I, I've I've just thought that as being okay without too much justification. Um, so maybe if I think about it more logically, maybe the calculation doesn't work out, but. Um, Better stop yourself from going down that rabbit hole, you know? But yeah. Yeah, it's not too late. (laughs) No, I mean, I think at the end of the day, yeah, we we kind of hit it on the head where, you know, all the reasons to have kids, they are very cerebral. They're they're not really comparable with the trade-offs 
in the traditional sense because the trade-offs are very tangible, very real. You you take a hit to your bank account, you take a hit to your free time, you take a hit to your to your lifestyle. And yet, despite that, I mean, at the end of the day, people do have kids. You know, like one point eight or one point seven nine. That's still more than one kid per per woman on average, right? So at the end of the day. There's some component of our DNA, some part of this equation that we can't really express verbally that makes us want to have kids. Maybe it's as simple as you know we want to we want to nurture, we want to we want to mentor the young the um, younger generations because that's how we were brought up, and it's just as simple as repeating what you know. It's like a cycle of life thing.、Um, whatever it is, you know, I do hope that whoever you are out there listening, that if you choose to have kids, you know, it's it is for a good reason. And you are okay with it, and if you choose not to have kids, that's okay too. But you know, just also make sure that you know why you're doing it. Hopefully, it's not for climate change. <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. That's way、it. to get us canceled. That's all I got. I, I mean, mean <laughs> just you know, I hope it's another, for a good reason. Yeah. There's also another point of view here, right? Which is like we're we're two guys talking about this, so the equation、yes. could be different、yes. for women. So stay tuned next episode for、uh, Jacqueline, the and, first、uh, ever female, and Tonina. Yes, <laughs> yes. Or our host will take a break and will be replaced. But <laughs> no, but all right, Tony. Wigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah,、uh, and a voice generator or a changer.、Um, but yeah, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for taking the time to record another episode with me. Do you have any final words to our listeners before we part? No, I mean I think we touched on some pretty big ideas.、Um, tried our best to kind of go through it. I think at the end of the day, like a lot of it is pretty much personal choice. Like none of neither of us have the capacity to influence other people, nor do we, nor do we have the responsibility to do that. Right? That's right. We are not、um, influencers. Let's let's get that clear. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we put our viewpoints out there and try to do our best to do a bit of an investigation on the topic. That's right. At the end of the day, we're not here to convince you to think one way or the other. We're just curious about certain topics and we want to look deeper into them. So we hope we provided you some insight as well because it was insightful for us and we hope you learned something.、Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, and see you for the next episode. Bye, Tony. See ya. Thank、you